banging tune. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of On the Throne with Dick. And on to, uh, you know, I was going to introduce you right away, but like I fucked <laughs> up there. Um, yeah, no, intro music by Senjin Boychuk, man. You go follow that guy everywhere, like just popping up everywhere, doing incredible shit all over YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. He's just everywhere. He's in your face all the time. Uh, anyways, so now I guess we can get on with it. <laughs> uh this week guest uh you know w- welcome to special special guest the freshwater ca- cowboy i almost called you k-boy which didn't doesn't make any sense uh ron, ron knox jr aka the freshwater cowboy what's up man not much brother how you doing dude i'm doing i'm doing fantastic i'm i'm in edson a little tiny town in northern alberta western northwestern alberta i guess uh close to the mountains ish uh, you know, working away, had a day off today. So I'm just hanging out in my room, uh, you know, doing things that one does when they have all day in the room. Sometimes yeah. you pull one, pull one off a couple of times, you yeah. know, but... <laughs> minimum two on a day off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hey, you know what? Like you ever see, um, fuck, what's that movie there? Uh, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah, the scene right with Matthew McConaughey. You know the the trick to making it work in this business is you got to masturbate twice before breakfast. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. You got to yeah. pump those numbers up. You got to uh, pump those up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the whole mantra. <laughs> <laughs> <Low TT. laughs> Just, hey, you can do what you got to do, man. Whatever helps yeah. relieve the stress, right? Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm starting to get what uh what my wife means by she's got a headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, shit. <laughs> oh man, what are you up to, man? Uh, not much. We're just sitting here, uh, getting ready to go to work. I'm already all geared up, ready to go. Uh, right now, we're just sitting in Port Carche. We're loading iron ore for the old Steel City, Hammertown, Hamilton, my hometown. Yes, bye. Go easy on my kin. They're, they they <laughs> are smart, but they are hardworking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go down to DeFasco and unload that, and then we'll head up to Old Superior, Wisconsin, and we'll take another load of iron ore, bring that down to Quebec City for that stuff goes overseas. So nice. we do a lot of, we, we do a lot of, uh, uh, I want to call it transshipment, but what we do is we'll bring export down to Montreal or Quebec City so that it can get loaded onto ships that require ports with a deeper draft because they'll take a large, like a, larger tonnage than what we can carry plus they can't fit through the welling canal and the and the sioux locks and stuff like yeah that. so we do a lot of that too nice i used to live in sioux st marie and uh i remember when those locks used to be wooden mm-hmm. and, and i i lived there when they took the old wooden ones out i was maybe seven or eight okay they took the wooden ones out and i was uh in boy scouts and they took the wooden ones out and it was a big deal when they put in the new steel ones and the boy scouts of the area all got to come out and watch it and see the first ship pass through and or the first mm. boats anyways and man i love what you guys do like i was fascinated with it to to a 
uh, an obsessive point there for uh, a couple of years ago for a while. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool, man. I'm I'm obsessed with it, and I do it. Like I, I grew up. I'm fourth generation at this. I watched my dad and my grandfather and my uncles do it, and I was just obsessed with it from a very very young age. Yeah, I I applied to do it. Um, you know, I so, so actually me applying to do it uh, and getting the job uh, actually. It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't the cause of my mental health issues because mm-hmm. those were there a long time. But mm-hmm. what transpired around that definitely brought them to the forefront and mm-hmm. it really fucked me up. It, it, mm-hmm. it was like rejection in a way, kind of, or the feeling of disappointment because, you know, I was working here. I worked the road crew in the summer and I worked the oil patch in the winter and, mm-hmm. um, I planned for this to be my last summer where I am right now. And um, I made it a big deal actually, because the boat, the boat come, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but they're based out of Port Dover. And Lower Lakes. Or were, what's that? Lower Lakes. Lower Lakes. That's what they yeah. were. Yes. So I, 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 they called me in the, just after their, their layup and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, you want the job? Yada, yada, yada. I said, absolutely. But I ha- I'm going, I got this commitment where I'm going to go build roads for the, for the summer. In the fall, I'll be back. And, and they said, okay, cool. So we worked all, we communicated all summer long. I went and got my transportation stuff and my passport renewed and this and that. Thing. And so I was, I was excited. I was pumping it up. I told my coworkers about it all summer and I'm not coming back. This is my last summer. Right. And so, you know, um, and then I had to call my boss in the patch come September and I'm like, Hey, I'm not coming back. I got a job on a ship and I was living in Ontario at the time. I got a job on a lower lake ship, uh, Marine merchant, whatever you want to call it. I was going to be an able-bodied seaman. That's right? what I am. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. A seafarer. Yeah. Right. And so I was pumped. I was pumped. And he's like, okay, man, cool, cool. So I, I did that and I left here. I think I left here like a week early because they said, hey, we need you now. We can get you through orientation and get you out on the lake. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I did that. I And then when I got home and I left a little early, I got home and he's like, hey, it's been put back a week. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Because I changed my flight around, right? I spent more mm-hmm. money to change it around so I could be home sooner. And uh, a week. Okay, cool. So the orientation came around. I spent all my own money getting out there, yada, yada, yada. And then um, uh, he's like, oh, it's been an unstable year. Or it's been a stable year, sorry, uh, for, for uh, you know, uh, just uh, people coming and going. You know, a lot of people aren't quitting. They're staying because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, right? So I'm like, okay, okay. Um, he's like, I'll let you know when I can get you on a boat, but it won't be for a few weeks. And then you're looking at it, you're looking at it from whatever point of view you want to look at it from. And a few, uh, so I, I said, okay. And a few weeks had gone by, I didn't hear nothing. So I made the plans. I called my boss back up in the patch. And I'm like, hey, man, I, uh, I'm coming back, right? And he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. But this isn't like until they call you, right? Like this is forever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, yeah, basically. Sure. Right. And so I was out there and the boat, the guy on the boat thing, I can't remember his name. He called me 
when I was out there for about a week. And he's like, hey, we can get you on a boat next week. Are you in? And I'm like, man, like layoffs like six weeks away, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just call me when, you know, everything's good. He's like, yeah, actually, that's a perfect idea. We'll wait until layoffs over. We'll get you on a boat. See who doesn't come back, get you on. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So, so uh, he's like, call me in like January. So I call him in January. He's like, call me in March. You know, we got, I got a spot for you. Call me in March. Okay. So I called him like first week of March, nothing. Second week of March, nothing. Third week of March, nothing. Um, and, you know, he called me back in like uh, second week of April, I believe it was. And I let it go to voicemail. I'm like, I'm done with this. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and what that did for me is I already had to call my boss and be like, I'm coming back. Right. Yeah. And then, and then I had to go back onto the road crew the next summer. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, I thought you weren't coming back. What happened to the boat? Mm -hmm. Right. And that to me felt like huge failure. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I wasn't motivated at all that summer to do much of anything. I, I was in my head that whole summer. And yeah. that for me, like I said, wasn't the start of my mental health issues by far, but it definitely brought them to the surface. Yeah. And I was miserable for like the next year. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was pissed. Right. Cause at that point I wasn't sure where I wanted to be anymore. The oil field wasn't for me. I didn't want to be here. Yada, yada, yada. The boat was my way out. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and it didn't happen. So, you know, yeah. I was forced to come back here and yeah. So yeah. It's, it's tough. Like it's that's, and that's, a, that's something that weighs on, on myself as well as the waiting for the work. Um, a, a lot of my, uh, self value is in my, uh, ability to, to provide for my two sons. And when I'm not working and I'm waiting around for a job, like my mental health just absolutely tanks. And like, I'm, I'm hired through a union. So there's supposed to be a little security there, but if something simple like right now like there's there's a strike with grain trimmers in in uh in uh thunder bay and that could keep boats from from coming out completely luckily we got our entire fleet out so i've been very fortunate that way but it's it's waiting for that call and not getting that call that like it just hurts the most yeah yeah I bet, I bet, man, that that's, I've seen your videos and like you advocate pretty big for mental health. You talk about it. Yeah. You're like, Hey, you know yeah. what? I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm in my own head, you know, like yeah. I'm working out at the gym. I'm not, I'm not working out for my physical health. Yeah. I'm, I'm working out pumping iron for the demons up here. Right. I'm, I'm saying fuck you to those guys. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Like you gotta find, uh, like you gotta find healthy outlets. Like, I, I did everything the wrong way for the longest time with 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 booze and drugs and women and and, and it, it it would just get worse and worse and worse and it wasn't it wasn't till I came out on the on on the Great Lakes and sailing and was able to find healthy outlets in order to to deal with those demons now I still have one unhealthy outlet and that's like I'm I'm a through and through workaholic I'll work myself to death as a way to battle those those demons like i've i've gone 10 months straight with not going home and just working just plugging away just to keep you know those demons at bay yeah 
I, I, I've seen that in your videos too. You know, we've talked about that where, you know, like I haven't been home since like Christmas mm-hmm. right? and it, and mm-hmm. it's like summertime and it's like, yeah. well, shit, you know, you stayed on the boat, you stayed behind on the boat when they were laid up to do boat watch. Yeah. You just stayed yeah. there, you know, like yeah. anything, anything to keep your mind off of what's going on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Man, that's gotta be tough. How long you been, how long you been on the boat for? How long have you worked on the ships? Uh, so that's kind of like a two-ended question. So, uh, I started, uh, as a contractor working for an outfit called Marine Clean. So long story short, I, I used to be a chef. Uh, I, I spent 10 plus years in the industry, uh, and near the end of it, it just wasn't for me anymore. And I had to get out. Right. And my dad gave me that way out and allowing me to quit my job and move back home with with no plan other than just to find something else. So I, I was living in Burlington at the time. I packed my bags. I moved back to Thorold, Ontario. And uh, I was jobless for about a month. I worked as a garbage man through a temp agency for a month. And I got this call for a company I applied to that I forgot. I applied to them. They're called Marine Clean. Uh, we were confined space specialists. We cleaned bunker tanks, gray water tanks, ballast tanks, like every sort of confined space and nook and cranny you could think of. Uh, I was in it and we would prep for welding or inspection, anything like that. While I was doing that, uh, we would also sail with boats to do jobs that needed to be done while the boat was still operational. And I was working um, under the purview of a fellow that knew my family really well. And uh, he, he sat me down one day and he's like, the fuck you doing, buddy? Like, you're, you're, you're wasting your time, uh, you know, working here. Like, you get paid like shit. You work like a dog. I see how you work. You're an animal. Like, go to the union and, and ship out. And I always had this idea in my head that there was no seafaring jobs anymore because that's kind of what I'd been told. Um, so when I got off that job, I, I, I walked right into the union. I told them who I was. They, they knew, they knew my family. Some of them knew me from when I was a little kid. Like I had, you know, I didn't remember them, but they remembered me and, uh, they, they gave me the, the ABCs of what I needed to do. I went and got my, my, uh, uh, transport Canada Marine medical that got me my discharge book. I went into the union. I paid my entrance fee. I sat around for about a month and then they called uh, or no, sorry, they called me, they gave me a heads up on when the big turnaround is. Turnaround is when the steady fellows that are on the boat are starting to go home for their holidays and they bring guys like me in as reliefs yeah. to fill in for them while they're on their holidays. So I went uh, I went into the hall, I sat there for about three days and I got my first job. So I've been officially sailing as a like an actual sailor since uh, May 20, May May 27th, 2018 is when I came out here as an actual uh, seafarer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And you moved up quick, right? You started off as, uh, what, what, what do they call uh, the guys at the bottom? Uh, so that's that's OS, Ordinary Seaman. Ordinary Deck- Seaman. I was once yeah. an Ordinary Seaman. <laughs> so, so was Look I. At was now, <laughs> Look at me now, Mom. Look at me now, Mom. Should have swallowed, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I started off as a, as a OS, um, and it, it, on on this side of things, in order to get to to be an AB, you need a little bit of uh, previous experience on the wheel, which you do on your own time. So, in your off time, when you're not working, and the boat's in the river, you go up to the wheelhouse and you learn how to steer. I did that for a while, 
And then uh, we had a, a new captain come aboard the ship that I was on. And we had a, an AB quit, just walk off the boat because he had another job prospect. So the captain was on board. He called my room. He's like, I heard you want to come up to the wheelhouse. We got a spot. It's yours if you want it. You start tomorrow. I said, I'll fucking take it. So since uh, January 2021, I've been an able-bodied seaman or a, a, a wheelsman, as we call him, on the Canadian side of the Great Great Lakes Fleet. Nice, man. So, like, it didn't take you long to move up, eh? So, like, no, 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 no. So, is like captain next? No, no, Jesus, that's a long ways away. The next step would be you'd be a third mate. And no, then what's that? You know, what's it called? Third, third mate. Third mate. Okay. So, so, so you have navigational officers. Those are your mates. You got third, second, and first mate. Uh, another name was we call them the chief mate, first mate, and then you would go to captain from there. Uh, and like, that's like years down the road, um, as it stands right now, um, with a little bit of going back to college, I could go and write my third mate's ticket before years ago, you used to be able to do what's called going up the pipe, the Haas pipe, right? Uh, and that's where you work your way up that ladder as, uh, rules and regulations changed, uh, with the increased technology and safety measures that are. Uh, in place now you need some schooling now in order to write those exams yeah to to reach those levels that's not bad that ensures that you know schooling so schooling you know is just like another like a buffer right it's kind of like mm -hmm. hey this person wants it because right? mm -hmm. it it takes a special person to go back to school when they're an adult yeah. right oh so absolutely. like Someone once told me that all college or university is is it's just a piece of paper that tells a a, a, a perspective or a pros, prospective job or whatever um, a future employer that this person uh, had what it took to show up to the same place for every day for at least four years and, mm -hmm. and learn something. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all it's really good for. That's what I've heard. I don't, I don't actually, I'm not, I'm not an armchair GM. I can't tell you if that's what yeah. it actually is, but that's what I've yeah. heard. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard that too. I've heard that too. Um, like with, in terms of, of seafaring, uh, you, you really can't advance past an unlicensed sailor without it. You just like, like legally you can't. You, you, you need that school time. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when I, when I was looking at, you know, when I was going through, so I had that whole summer, right. In between, um, you know, when they called me to, when I left here to go actually take orientation and when I had that whole summer to look at videos and watch what was going mm -hmm. on in that scene. And then I, and, and I even started my own TikTok account. It was called boat guy or whatever. Uh, TikTok, oh, okay. the TikTok boat guy, I think it was. I don't know. And I was going to start posting on there. And I'm like, no, no, no. I better wait until I'm actually there. I can take videos because, mm -hmm. man, I've seen the videos. They're incredible. And mm -hmm. uh, I come across like three people. There was Ryan. I don't, mm -hmm. I think he's on the American side of things. He's yeah, I believe he's with Interlake. Yeah. I think he's like the largest creator in that niche. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. In, in, I, in terms of like like the domestic fleet, he's number one. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but also like I I haven't really 
like looked either. And then I followed you, and then there was mm -hmm. another guy who uses his uh, drone a lot. Yeah. Right? And I think he's yeah, a captain. Ryan Murray or something, I believe his name is. I can't remember. Ryan Murray, I think is his name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. seen his stuff too. And then there's another guy there. I think he's on the Canadian side. Uh, he became a captain not long ago, but he's got like a long, long ponytail and – He's really young. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, so I got to talking to him a little bit too over the course of time. But you, you're you're the one that's always popped up in my FYP. And mm -hmm. you're the one that I always, you know, I see a lot of. And, you know, you're, you're more of the type of guy that I would hang out with and associate with over those other ones. I just saw their mm -hmm. stuff a lot. And like, I, I when I was digging into the niche, that's kind of where I went, right? I wanted to... Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn all I could that whole summer about that niche. And mm -hmm. the one thing that really, really got me excited and, the, and like I could not wait for was, and you've reposted that video not long ago, was you like uh, how, how the deckhands, that's what they are, they're deckhands, how, mm -hmm. how they get off the boat at first. They, they get on oh, that swing it out and, and they swing, swing out, out and yeah. drop. Yeah, no, yeah. that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, and I that's, was that's really one of their dangerous cool. ops. Yeah, that looks dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does anyone ever like fall off, get hurt, die? What? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the year I shipped out, we had a fella die uh, down in the down at the Eisenhower lock, actually. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I've been dropped myself. I got dropped six feet uh you know people all oh, six feet it's not bad when you're fault when 250 pounds of me are falling six feet that's a lot right like you like it goes into your ankles into your hips like i had trouble walking for a little while you know uh it, it's pretty dangerous like people really got to be on the ball with that man that's it looks like so much fun, but you're right. It, it it and it does look dangerous too, right? But mm -hmm. it looks like something that I could have a lot of fun with. And like the guys that I all followed and and watched their videos and stuff like that, they always show that, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. it because there is an element of danger there. There is like, yeah. a, hey, you know, like this is cool, yeah. but you know, and we're gonna showboat a little bit, right? Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, don't, it, it's actually one of my, like, favorite things to do, uh, when we get going, uh, I, uh, I remember my very first time swinging out, I wasn't on the boat 12 hours, I got picked up in lock one, uh, we were transiting upbound on our way to go get a load of grain, we had to stop at wharf 16, which is just above lock eight in Port Colburn, I, I, I got, like, I got the, cole's notes of 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 what to do you know what i mean like step on the stirrup give the okay step out two hands on the bar right and then you just get lowered you step off it goes back up and they swing the next guy out uh and, and i remember standing on, on the ship side just like heart pounding like oh i'm like you know this looks so scary i get down on the dock i was like wow like just what a like what an experience you know what i mean like not even 12 hours on the boat and I'm, I got to do something pretty rad like that.
Man, I I can only imagine. Like that's the one thing I was looking forward to. Um, I was pretty heartbroken. <laughs> like like <laughs> really heartbroken. Um the Well hey um, man, come on out. We'll we'll swing you out. <laughs> yeah, even as even if I don't work on the boat, you'll let me on the boat and you'll swing me out. Might not swing you out, but I'll definitely get you on the boat. I'll definitely get you on the boat. For a tour? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh Hell yeah. Man, absolutely, that would be man. So sick, dude. Like, um, I remember when I when I applied and the guy told me he's like, I don't I'm not gonna lie to you, like the hours and the schedule are long and grueling and it's not for the mm -hmm. faint of heart. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting here thinking, like, man, what are you talking about? Right. And he's like, it's six weeks on, and I, I think it was like six weeks on and three weeks off or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um and and the money was like I think it was four hundred dollars a day day rate. Mm -hmm. And you work ten to eleven hours a day or something like that. Mm -hmm. and 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 when he told me that i'm like man you you don't know what i'm doing now six weeks on three weeks off my wife's gonna love seeing me more this is gonna be yeah. great and the money like i mean hey you know whatever that's it's, it's roughly the same but yeah. way better actually because i work less hours and yeah. you know and he's like oh yeah when we're in port and whatnot and you're not working you can get off and go do stuff and mm -hmm. And that's that's cool, right? Because they went mm -hmm. through Hamilton, and and that's when you know I I lived there at the time. Yeah. So you know I was I was pumped. I was working a lot of hours away, and I was looking forward to that, right? So mm -hmm. it was it was that schedule. And then you know, of course, he's like, I don't, "Can he handle like the food isn't that great?" I'm like, "Man, let me tell you something about the food I eat <laughs> right now." Okay, like I bet you it's good. And so far, I've heard from like you and and a few others have said the food is fucking phenomenal. It can be like right now, like the boat I'm on right now, we got a great chief cook. Uh, the, when I was on the Acetamone, I was there for two and a half years. Uh, and uh, we went through almost 15 chief cooks, myself included. I filled in as chief cook for three days because we had a guy walk off the boat at Lock A. Like he just couldn't cut it. He was there two weeks, couldn't handle it. He had some issues. He had to go home. He left. The cat asked me to do him a solid. I, I I hopped in the galley for three days, fed the boys until we got the next chief cook down in Quebec City. Uh, but l let me tell you, you can get some really bad ones out here to, to the point where, like, I, I was living off of uh, the, the kippered sardines, the canned kippered yep. sardines yeah, and fucking Vienna sausages. Like, oh. I was living, like, I'd spend weeks living off that. Oh, that's horrible. That sounds oh. worse than camp. Oh man, it can get bad, and like you're you're just hugging the porcelain altar, like praying to God, like you can pass something. Like oh, it gets what bad. is what is the septic system like on a boat? Does it all go in the water? Do you flush it? No, no, it out? no, no. It collects in a black water tank, and then it gets treated, and then it's sent over the side. Okay. Um, there's other systems. Uh, where it just collects and it has and it's not treated, so then it has to be discharged via vac truck when you're in port. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I work on a vac truck now, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd be sucking your shit off on the boat, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I did a little vac truck work. Like I was, I, I like we 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 just called them laborers, uh, but I see everywhere else they call them swampers. Yeah, um, that's me. Like, like with with marine clean, like that's a lot of our work was done with back trucks. Like a lot of uh, we would remove resi uh, residual waste, chemicals, oils, water, stuff like that. 
uh, a vac truck was one of our main things that we used. We also used diaphragm pumps, IPAC pumps, all kinds of shit. So earlier when we were talking, you said you're on a flat back, right? Yep. Flat yeah, back. that's what I'm on right now. Flat back. Yeah. Flat back. So what kind of boats are there? And like, what, what are all the differences? Because man, like, I think I saw the Saginaw. I saw the, uh, the Saginaw was like, I think Lower Lake's best boat or something like that. Or was that? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's like their best... number one. This is Saginaw. Yeah. yeah. That was the one they were going to put me on. And mm -hmm. then it got changed to some, some other boat. But um, there's, there's how many different kinds of boats are there? So in terms of, of bulkers, right? Like that's that's like what Lower Lakes does, and that's the fleet that I work in. Uh, and by bulkers, I mean like they carry cargo that can be moved in bulk, like loose bulk. It's not packaged. It's just it's dumped into a cargo hold. It'd be grain, iron ore, salt, stone, sugar, aggregates like bauxite, gypsum, stuff like that. So you you have two main styles. You have a flat back, which means it's there's no unloading gear on the ship. It is unloaded by shore uh, equipment, whether it be clam cranes or uh, if it's grain, some of the grain elevators unload you through a vacuum, like a giant vacuum, or they have these things called grain legs, which are uh, like, like bucket belts that'll like scoop it out and stuff like that. That's what I'm on now. Uh, the ship that I came off of was a self-unloader which has its own conveyor system on board and it's got the large boom that's on deck, which can articulate like some, some can art articulate more than like 70 degrees. The one I was on, we can do a full 90 degrees port to starboard. Wow. And depending on how old the boat is, the, the type of unloading gear is there, they can discharge fast. They can discharge slow, depending on the cargo, if it's sticky or if it flows freely, uh, that'll all uh, affect your time in port. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That that's pretty cool. And like, so there's what three three different types of boats. Uh, two? two two in the bulkers, two but the there's bulkers. also there's also cement boats that carry powdered cement, right? Uh, there's two styles that I've seen. I I know there's more out there. I just have don't have a lot of experience with cement. I've stayed away from that uh it's it's a shitty cargo to carry it burns your skin uh and uh from what i've read in the contract it's not a favorable contract you kind of work more than what you're paid so i stay away from that uh so with cement boats you have uh like a corkscrew system where the cargo falls into a, like a corkscrew and then it hits a conveyor belt and then it's discharged or on these newer ones it's just a big vacuum system that that sucks it out of the cargo hold and discharges it that's pretty cool still the yeah vacuum system actually vacuum system sounds like it'd be better yeah it is it, it, like, like you still got to deal with the, the the cement getting on you and stuff like that because yeah. you do go into the cargo hold to clean and stuff like that like like it'll burn your skin it irritates your eyes doesn't matter how much ppe you wear you're going to be uncomfortable while you're doing it yeah and then there's yeah. there, well actually there's a fourth there's I should say there's four because we also have chemical and crude tankers out here as well. Um, I have zero experience sailing on them. I have worked on them when I spent time in marine clean, and that would be like prepping tanks for inspection or painting and stuff like that. Um, but that side of things I have like no, no real experience with other than just showing up with a vac truck, 
to to discharge residuals. So the ones that you do have experience on the flatback and the uh, self unloading, like which one do you prefer? Self unloaders. That's where the money is. That's because it's such a fast operation. It's go go go. You're you're making money hand over fist. Like the overtime is absolutely unreal. Especially the one uh, that I was on the longest, the the CSL Cinnaboyne. Uh, so a lot of cargo, a, a lot of uh, a lot of self unloaded cargo ships. They have what's called a hopper style cargo hold, which at the bottom of the cargo hold it comes down into like a v shape like it's a hopper so it free falls onto the belt well this boat the way she was designed she's squared out so she can carry more tonnage and she has a flat bottom with gates that go down the middle so because of that we had two john deere 644 loaders and a bobcat so we would free fall as much cargo onto the belt as possible once we reached as much as we're going to get like that myself and another fellow would get into the john deere's and we would push the remainder of the cargo to the gates depending on the cargo if it was iron ore i'd be in the loader six hours if it was something sticky like gypsum sugar or salt anything like that you can be in that loader upwards of 18 hours and you're just making straight overtime on that thing wow what's the biggest what's the biggest paycheck you've ever had on the boat forty seven hundred dollars cleared after tax after nice nice government loved you oh yeah like and i'd say i paid more in tax than i brought home that paycheck ah wow nova scotia taxes man i tell you oh they suck nova man how did you end up going from burlington thorhill to to like nova scotia uh i was working out there with that marine clean outfit that i told you about and i just fell in love i wanted out of ontario um, I was just sick and tired of the Ontario grind um, and like, especially spending so much time in Burlington, just all the fake people and stuff like that. Like, I just couldn't take it anymore. And the climate. Bougie. Oh, is it ever? You know what I mean? Like, fuck. And, and like the climate, like I got sick of the 32 degree humidity to hell with that. So packed up, headed down to Cape Breton. Best decision ever. Cape Breton, do you follow any Cape Bretoners on TikTok? Any good ones? I, I probably do. I just can't think of any right now. Um, shout out to Dougie Snakes. Oh, Dougie, Dougie, yes, yes, Dougie Snakes. I love Dougie. Actually, he, it's funny. He lives I know, in DC, but. I, no, but but he's he's from. Uh, uh, he, New Waterford. He's from Waterford. And yeah. uh, I know people, like, I, I've hung out and party with people that know Dougie really well. And. Like the stories that he tells you, they're one hundred percent real. Because these, like, I've met these people who have been there and seen this shit go down, yeah. and I, like, I die laughing every time I, I watch his TikToks. He's one of my fucking absolute favorites on the app. Dougie, Dougie was episode eight on the podcast, and he said, "Yeah, that. I saw he said that. that." He said that his stories are one hundred percent real. Yeah. Um, the times and locations may be off a little bit, but like mm-hmm. they're 100% real. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like it's fun. So like when I first came across his, his, his TikTok, I hadn't seen much of the stories, just more of like his comedy stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I sent it to a friend of mine from Cape Breton and he's like yeah no i i know him like like we 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 got into some shit back in the day and i was like oh okay no way right on and then this and then i started seeing his story like him telling his stories about some shit he's getting into 
and I'd send that to somebody and he'd be like, you should talk to so-and-so. And they would be like, yeah, I was there. I saw that happen. Right. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Is, are you in your room? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in my little cabin right now. Show, what does the cabins look like in, in, in on these boats? Are, are they well, decent? They're decent. So my room's small, right? Like, so like, like there's the front door there. That's my bathroom. There's my bed. It's a double bed. And then I got a little walk. And then those are my lockers right there. That just holds like my gear and stuff. And then I got a little desk here. And uh, I think that's better than, better than most camp rooms, man. Dude, I've seen some of your guys' camp rooms and they're fucking slick. And like, you guys got like room attendants and shit, man. I got to clean my own floors and bathroom and shit. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. You no, know what I mean? People that clean our rooms for us, man. But like, no, the like, room in now is actually small. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The room, like the other, so I'm in what's called like the spare room. Uh, this is in case like an extra crew member comes aboard. Cause traditionally what you would do is you would sit, you would stay in the room that the person that you're relieving. And then, so I'm on a 90 day hitch. So every, each month, one guy goes and the other guy that's gone comes back. So you would change rooms every 30 days. Well, to alleviate me from constantly having to clean my room and change rooms, they put me in the spare room. Yeah, you get the better deal. Oh yeah. It's, it's just a smaller room, but really it's no big deal. What, uh, you, what kind of view do you have from that window? Uh, I'll show you. It's pretty decent. Like, actually, it's pretty dirty. I don't know how much you're going to be able to see out of it, but. Oh, it's pretty dark there right now, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, there's not much lighting, but I can get some pretty sweet views out here. Uh, I see a lot of beautiful sunsets, sunrises. Yeah. Uh, yep. Especially I've from the wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. I've seen the videos, man. I've seen. I, I'm absolutely. That was one thing I was looking forward to, right? I was looking mm -hmm. forward to the, the sunsets, the sunrises. I was looking forward to, you know, the snowstorm videos you guys all send. Like, you can't see yeah. where you're going, right? You got to oh, yeah. go by off GPS. You can't see 10 feet in front of you, right? Yeah. And yeah, no, that's, man, tell me you do Titanic poses on that boat. Uh, I've done one. Yeah. I've done one. And I, I was sailing with my cousin, who's a lot older than me. And uh, he gave me some shit. He gave me some shit for that. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. I'm the king of the world, just hanging out off the side. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I yeah. I went. I went right up to the stem, and you know, I put my arms out, right, screamed, "I'm the king of the world." And he told me to get the fuck down from there and get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was the captain, or what? No, no, no. He was a deckhand, but uh, it was it was my first boat, okay. so he was the one that I kind of took my lead from. Yeah. 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 What what's the or what's the pecking order? So like Captain's top dog, right? Captain's top cheese. Like he has the final say on everything and at the same time if anything goes wrong, it's on him. No matter yeah, what. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's me, doesn't matter if it's one of the mates, one of the engineers, it always falls on him. Yeah. Of course. And then you so go and then underneath him but they're almost on the same level. You have the chief engineer, he is responsible for the entire engineering aspect, like uh, the main engines, the generators, e even even the simple handyman fixes around the boat. Because before we used to have electricians out here, and the electrician was like your your handyman. Like if something like something in your room broke, he'd come and fix it, kind of thing. But with the crew downsizing, they've gotten rid of the electrician, so now that kind of falls under the chief's purview. And then, in terms of officers, there's they're on the same level, but they're 
one's in the engineering department and one's on the navigation department. So you have your chief mate or, or first mate, and then you have your second engineer. Then you have your second mate and third engineer, and then you have your third mate and fourth engineer. So those correlate about like the, the same in terms of responsibilities, just in their, rest, rep, uh, in their uh, respective departments. And then after that, you have your unlicensed crew. In terms of unlicensed, we're, we're, we're basically all, all the same. Like no, there's no one higher than the other. Uh, if anyone, somebody's just got a bit more experience, so you kind of follow his lead type deal, right? So, so basically, like you guys are like the, you guys are like the, like the the vagrants, the vagrants of the ship, the unlicensed crew are the vagrants of the ship, and they're it's just lawless. Basically, yeah, it's like like and like if you look at it like uh, like the military, we're like the E four mafia, right? We're just a bunch <laughs> of reprobates and troublemakers and. But, but if, if, but if anyone's us, gonna party on the sale. boat, yeah, if, yeah, of course, man. That's yeah. of course. Anyone that that works the hardest anywhere, you know, you work the hardest, you, you're worth more, but they don't pay you like it, right? You're exactly you, the the shit don't run without the without the without the vagrants. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when when I'm on the back track, I'm, I'm a swamper, and my mm-hmm. boss will be like, "Man, you're you're a swamper." We need you. We you're the guy, right? And then mm-hmm. it's not, when 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 it's time to chime in on something or get an opinion on something, I go to speak up. He's like, "You're just a swamper," right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what am I, bro? Am I am I the swamper? Or am I just a swamper, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And and it's so, sort of like that, you know. And yeah. um, I, I I find that funny, man. So do you guys are you allowed to drink on the boat? Uh <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a moist boat. No, no, we're a dry operation. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're a dry operation. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, but it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Um, it, it, you know, every now and again, people go uptown, wet their whistle. Uh, they're, they're like, I can, I can say, you know, my my dad was probably one of the hardest partiers out here on these Great Lakes. Uh, like, and th- that gave him a bit of a reputation. Um, and uh, I hate to say it, but sins of the father will, will bite you in the ass in, in, in this industry. Uh, my, my, my last name is legendary out here on the Canadian fleet, right? There, uh, and Four not just because of my four generations but like not just because of my dad like my uncle he he was a he was an animal out here himself still like my uncle still works out here almost 65 years old he's still slugging away as a deckhand he's been a deckhand since 1970 i want to say 76 77 and he's happier uh, than a pig and shit doing it i bet he cannot leave he 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 talks about retiring every year but he can't bring himself to do it I, i i i honestly believe he's addicted to the life just like i am just like my dad was We're my grandpa retired oh yeah my grandpa retired in 2002 uh he he was an engineer he he was a second engineer um i got other uncles that are still out here at it you know what i mean like like my my family's pretty uh pretty well known out here for a lot of reasons for for the partying for the work that they do like they were they were all the best at what they did that's awesome. And that's, yeah. so, so like, are you trying to, 
you know, break that that family chain of partying? Or are you like, are you like the animal too? Or are you you're you're just kind of taming it out a little bit, and you'll be like, hey, let's take this another way, you know, let's bring another tradition to that name. I'm I like don't get me wrong, I I can be a bit of an animal too, you know. If you talk to some of the guys I've I've sailed with, um, I I try to be a little bit more quiet about things than, than, uh, than my, uh, predecessors, let's say, um, you know, I, I, I try to get along more than like my dad would. My, my dad was a very, you know, if you don't like me, you know, go fuck yourself type person. Me, uh, like if you don't like me, that's fine. That's cool. That doesn't bother me. You know, my, my, my goal is not to be the best sailor, but it's to be the most reliable sailor. You know, like I, I want to be the guy that everyone wants on their crew. Shit, dude, we talked about that the other day. Being one of the best doesn't mean you're one of the hardest working. It just means you're one Mm -hmm. of the most reliable. You know what I mean? Showing up is half the battle. Oh yeah, right. Like you show up, you give it what you can that day. No one expects you to be at one hundred percent all the time. It's just hard. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't. No, you can't. I've, I've tried. And mm-hmm. until I hit about 30, right, it was like, mm-hmm. man, my 100% every day is going to cost me something in the future. Absolutely. Right? So 100% of what I can give that day is what I will. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes my my 50% is still better than some people's 100, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I also had this issue. So I was working, my boss stuck someone with me uh in my truck uh at work there for a little while and like i was having issues right they were they weren't putting out as much as i wanted them to put out right Mm -hmm. like like elbow grease wise and then so i tried okay you drive i'll do the work right Mm -hmm. and this is on the road crew and so their driving wasn't that fast they couldn't they they weren't they weren't giving it what i would do i could literally do better driving and doing both Right. Mm -hmm. So I said to my boss, I'm like, man, I can't do this. Like, this is physically impossible. And, and he's like, man, he's like, there's a reason why, uh, there's a reason why racehorses wear blinders. Yeah. Right. Workhorses, racehorses. There's a reason why horses wear blinders. Right. You need to stop letting the shit around you bother you. It's Mm -hmm. like, not everyone's going to be able to keep up with you. Not everyone can get on your level. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, Think about how much money, how much less money that person's making than you. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, you're expecting a lot out of like, at that time, you're expecting a lot of an $18 an hour worker. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, holy shit, dude. Like that just hit me. That hit me. And then I stopped caring. Right. Right. I thought about it. It bothered me a little bit, but I had to keep going back to his words. Mm -hmm. And when, and when it finally hit me enough to be like, He's right, you know. He's right. Not all of us are built that way. They just because I'm giving it that kind of effort doesn't mean that person's capable of that kind of effort, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. We're all here. I need that person just as much as he needs me, right? So yeah. So you know, like I had to get over that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I, I, I've had the same thing when when training new people out here. Um, and like it, it, I, I had to learn like 
and and and, and even when I was a chef, I had to learn to ex- uh, like not to expect people to be on my level as soon as they got there. I I, I had to learn that it was going to take time for them to get there. Um, and the best way for them to get there is to be a better coach than a critic. Is 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 uh, is is what I came up with, right? Holy shit, dude! Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Why spend all your time criticizing them when you could lift them up and be like, "Hey, man, listen. Exactly. I'm gonna help you get to where you need to be." Yeah. Right? Um, I had a saying, and it's an old saying. Everyone says it, or a lot of people said it. It's like some days you're the ant, and some days you're the boot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one of my coworkers actually. Uh, someone was being shit on one day and they made a comment to me and I'm like, Hey, we've all been there. We've all been shit on like that. Some days you're the ant, some days you're the boot. And then she looks at me and she's like, but wouldn't you like to uh, be stepped on a little less harder than the person that stepped on you? Yeah. And it's like, Oh fuck. Damn. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, these people, man, I'm telling you, like, you know, and, and we're all a team out here, you know, like stuff like that happens all the time where someone will have a certain um, mind frame or, or a certain way of doing things and it doesn't work for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we all got each other's back just because you do something that I don't like doesn't mean I don't like you. I just mm-hmm. don't like the way you're doing it. Right. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to get there. Right. Like a mm-hmm. long time. Like if before, if you had a shitty work ethic and I didn't like it, mm-hmm. I value, I made that your whole value. Right. Like, yeah, that's when I was younger. I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, you just, you ain't it. And I can't associate with you in now. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. you're not on that level. Right. And then it took me like, no, no, man, no, let's like what you just said, be a coach, not a critic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, huge. Uh, and, and, and a lot of these old heads, um, they, they, they seem to not get that. And like, at the same time, I don't blame them. Oh, I think, I think you, uh, I think you froze there. Is it you or is it me? You there? I'm here. Uh oh. Oh, oh! I hear him. I hear there him. There we go. There he is. There, there we go. Is. I don't know what the hell happened there. That was funny. Um, but yeah, like uh, they they were screamed at, you know, in in their come up, and so that's the only way they know how to how to teach people, right? Yeah. Um. And I shouldn't say like a lot of these old heads, like it's, but it's, it's a decent amount of them. You know what I mean? They, they, they came up like that. So they in turn, that's how they teach people. Um, I I've, I've experienced it myself uh, out here. Like, like to this day, I'm still learning things about the job. I'm still learning how to, how to do certain aspects of it. Um, and you know, like uh, depending on who I'm working with uh, in the question I ask, I, I could get, I could get like talked to like I should have came out of the womb knowing that, you know? Yeah. Or or I get somebody who who, you know, realizes what I realized and are, are willing to help me learn about what I'm asking. 
Yeah, absolutely. And hey, same in the oil patch. You know, the old school oil field guys mm-hmm. like came up being yelled and screamed at and, and doing the yelling back. And, you know, we, we still don't talk to each other all that nicely, but we're just playing around. I think that's just a blue collar thing. You know, we, we talk mm-hmm. to each other like shit, but that comes yeah. from a, comes from the heart, right? Like, you're Absol- like absolutely. Shit, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like, like there's yeah. that, there's that back and forth and that's, that's a little bit different. Like when you're giving each other the gears, but it's yeah. all for a lap, you give it, you get it. But you know, like that's what makes us brothers and sisters out here in 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 these blue collar fields. You know exactly, exactly. In the blue collar field, uh, so I've I don't know what it's like there, man. But like I've always said, like the camaraderie in the oil field is unmatched, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you're you're there, you're you're bleeding, you're crying, you're sweating together, and mm-hmm. and you know just it's unmatched, dude. It, you have to experience it to understand it, but. I think the boat life is kind of the same, right? Because like you guys live together and work together as well as as we do, right? So like yeah. you're you're constantly with that person, right? So that's a little different from a lot of blue collar works, right? Work, yeah. You got and the oil like, and gas industry is right with the water with with the uh, with the with the ship. Uh, I don't know what do you call it, the marine vessel, marine merchant, merchant marine, merchant marine. That what, what do you call the industry? Merchant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like it, it's called Merchant Marine. Like, that's what we do. Like, we, we, we carry goods, right? So, okay. Yeah. So rig pigs, rig pigs, oil and gas workers, Merchant Marine, mm-hmm. Merchant Marine, mm-hmm. Mariners, <laughs> Merchant Marine people. <laughs> Merchant Mariners. Merchant Mariners. Merchant Mariners. Merchant, yeah, Mariners Merchant Mariners and rig pigs. Same people, just one's on land and one is not. Yeah. Yeah, nice. with us, like we we really have to forge that bond because like we we are all alone. Like there's no we don't have a medic. We don't have nine one one when shit goes down. We have to. I have to know that my life is safely in their hands, and they have to know that their life is safely in my hands. At, at, at the end of the day, no matter what, whether there's disagreements, laughter, whatever, I I, I could. I could be in a full-fledged like screaming argument with someone, but I know at the end of the day, they will save my life if I'm in peril, and they know yep. that I will save their life if they're in peril. You know what I mean? Yep. Same in same in the oil, oil field industry, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We might hate each other sometimes, but that, like mm-hmm. I said, that's a brother brother sister. That's a sibling sibling thing. We we mm-hmm. live together. We work together, right? But at the end of the day. I got their back and they got mine, right? I'll exactly. go, I go to war with these guys every day, and, and exactly. one of them loses a in the battlefield. In in the battlefield of love, one must be prepared to lose both feet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Shit, that was a cheesy quote. <laughs> no, that was great. I love that man. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, I've seen pictures of your dad, dude. You guys are a spitting image of each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've been getting that a lot. Um, and that's something that really, uh, like, I really, really gets me, uh, cause I, like, he was my best friend, you know, um, I, I'm, I am doing this and where I am today because of him and the values that, you know, he instilled in me. Um, yeah. and, and, and losing him was hard, man. Like, like you, you want to talk about a hit to the, to the mental health. It was hard. Like he, he never said nothing. He, he knew he was sick 
never told me because he knew I'd fly off this fucking boat to go be with him. But he valued my career over my last few moments with him. You know what I mean? Uh, I actually, I ended up getting fired when I left the vessel to go bury him. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were in, we, we just left the Sioux lock. We just left the Po lock, which is on the American side of Sault Ste. Marie. And I'd say the stern wasn't 20 feet past the knuckle. And I get the call. You know, my cousin called me. She's like, I had to be the one to call you. Ronnie, your dad's gone. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He's, he's gone. And I, uh, I just, I, I lost it right then and there. And, um, so I, I, I finished my comp, my, my call with my cousin. I kind of got myself together real quick. Cause I didn't want to go up there. Like, a, I didn't want to go up to the wheelhouse, a blubbering mess. You know what I mean? And I go up to the captain and uh, I'm like, cap, uh, I, I just lost my father. And so this was COVID. Like we were still in, in, uh, our full blown COVID protocol. Like we were still locked down on the vessel essentially. Right. Couldn't um, couldn't couldn't leave the boat we couldn't go ashore to get uh cigarettes nothing we we had to have someone bring us our our uh, our personal uh items that we wanted so i was expecting him to to discharge me in silver bay which was about a 24 hour steam from where we were he said we're gonna pull over in whiskey bay which is about 30 minutes outside of the sioux lock and he put the brakes on her. He called Purvis Tug out of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. They came and picked me up. They brought me back to Sault Ste. Marie. I was so lucky in that I had a that the cousin that called me, her daughter and her, her boyfriend had just recently moved to Sault Ste. Marie because that's where her boyfriend's from. So thank the fuck that happened. So I go, I go to their place, I spend the night. Me and my cousin get in the car the next day to drive back down to Thorold. Um, it's about it's an eight, eight hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hour drive. Uh, we stop at Licks on the way to grab some burgers, right? Licks where they and, sing uh, your, where they sing your order. They sing your order. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I'm in the parking lot and, uh, the crewing coordinator called me cause I, I called, I called him to let him know what was going on. Like I didn't want anybody in the dark. Like I wanted, you know, and uh, I, I told them, I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to bury my dad. I'm going to get back to the boat as soon as possible. Uh, like for me, I, sitting still, I don't do well. Like I got to keep moving, right? Uh, otherwise those demons are going to win. So in that conversation, he's like, well, unfortunately, Ron, I, I, I had to recall your job. You, you left the vessel. You're not a permanent crew member. Therefore, you're not entitled to bereavement. I like, I just lost my dad. And now I just found out that I lost my job. So I, uh, I, I was so distraught about my dad. I, I couldn't even really get angry at losing my job. And I, I got in touch with one of my shipmates, a, a really good friend of mine, uh, uh, uh Thorne. And I told him like, uh, Corin buddy, uh, you know, I, I won't be returning to the vessel. I've, I've lost my job for, for leaving the ship. Uh, even though it's like a, a pretty bad emergency. And he said, Fuck that. Like, not a fucking chance. He got a hold of our union president. And, and our union president went to bat for me and got me my job back. Uh, I, I returned to the boat five days after my dad passed away. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't hit me until a couple weeks after, like, like what a shitty fucking thing that was that, that, that I was, I was fired for going to bury my father, you know, yeah. after, after everything that I had done, like, I never said no. Anytime they called me and they needed me to cover something or a job, I always said yes. And, you know, I lose my dad. All I wanted to do was go bury him. I wasn't asking for extra time. You know what I mean? Just, just like, literally the boat was upbound to go load. By the time it had reached the Welland Canal on the way to go discharge that load, I was on it. So I like five days. That's it. I was only gone for five days. Fuck, man. That's, yeah. that's some shit right there. Dude, I like, I'm telling you, I, I, it was such a punch to the gut, but I didn't even feel it. Cause I was just so, so distraught about, yeah. about losing my dad, you know, my best friend, you know, um, and like, like, like to this day, I still get like a little worked up over that whole I, situation. I can see that, man. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry no, no, no. It's, it, dad, it's, man. it's best to talk about these things. Cause if you don't talk about them, then, then you, you well it up, you ball it up and then it comes out in bad ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, absolutely, yeah. man. And as men, we're, we're forced a lot of the time to ball that up. Absolutely. And then, and then people absolutely. get, people get upset with us. When, when it does come out in, yeah. in any, in, in the way that it comes out, and no matter yeah. whatever way it is that it ends up coming out, people end up getting mm -hmm. upset with us because there's like, Hey, you keep that quiet. But on the other end of that, they're like, Oh, what? That's bad. You should not have done that. Yeah. Well, yeah. what did you expect, man? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's like what led my dad to the road he went down and why he passed away. You know what I mean? He, he wasn't uh, allowed to deal with his emotions properly he was never taught that he was never allowed that by those around him <laughs> so that's that's why he went down the path that he did with uh with with his drinking which is what ultimately took his life my 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 dad you know drank himself to death because of all the pain and and hurt that was inside him through uh like the the the, the, the trauma he went through as a kid uh, the trauma of, of, you know, my mom leaving, uh, failed marriages, you know, um, he, he, he just kept that shit in as much as he could. And at, at, at the end, that's, that's what took him from this planet. Like cirrhosis of the liver? Or what? Yeah, it, it was full blown organ failure. Like, um, uh, the day before my dad passed away, he went blind. Like oh, it was shit. full. Everything was shutting down. Oh shit! Yeah. Did, did you and know about in, the blindness? I found out after the fact. Oh, at fuck. The, like like at like like during the wake and the, you know, like talking to the family and you know, kind of figuring out because they were in the know more than I was, uh, because my dad didn't want me to know. He just one day we like we would talk all the time, and one day he just went radio silence, uh, because he was in that much pain. And he wouldn't answer my calls, my messages, nothing. Um, and uh, it just, uh, he, he, he just did it quietly. You know what I mean? And another reason why he did it quietly was because he didn't want to go to the hospital. You know, he had seen his friends and family die in the hospital. And he didn't want to go like that. You know, uh, he, my, he wanted, yeah, to, he wanted to go at home. Yeah. 
peacefully at home in his favorite spot, right? Exactly. Right? And he did. It was in, it was in his spot. You know what I mean? That's you can't ask for a better way, right? You can't ask for no, that. no. That's still sad, man. Sorry to hear about your dad, buddy. Nah, thank you, bro. Man, that's I I knew you lost him, and and I've never heard that story. I don't think we've ever talked about it, but like. You know, up until now, I think, you know, we, we've only ever really talked through text and like in um, like the DMs on TikTok. Right. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, just, you know, you like my video. I like your video. Comment here. Comment there. Right. But dude, yeah. this is this is the whole point of the podcast. Right. The whole point of the podcast. Yeah. Go back those layers. Get to know, uh, you know, the stories and stuff like that. And, you know, um, it's not just about what you do either. It's about who you are. It's about the man behind. Uh, yeah the career and the career path is also just mm-hmm. an added bonus, man. And I, I, yeah. I like having these chats. I like, I like that. That's the whole point of this, you know? And, and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad you're able to open up and talk about it and not ball that up. So, yeah, no, that's, it's, you know, like you got to, cause you won't survive if you, if you just Absolutely. ball it up. You know? Absolutely. And, and you know what, honestly, like, um, if you can't talk about it with, like me or anyone else, dude, who mm-hmm. can you talk about it with, right? Because, like, at the end of the day, we're in this together. All we have yeah. is each other, right? Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, the government has made it very clear that they're not going to help out with it. They they don't no. give a fuck, right? No. Especially no. with they'll, the whole made thing. Yeah, and, and like, they'll, they'll, they'll post the statistics and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, they're not here for us. No, they're not. No. They're not. So you were saying – that within five days you were back on that boat like yeah. by the time it was ready to offload yeah so like during the sale when it set sail and and like okay like you get your you get your shipment you get your cargo and then you take mm-hmm. off to offload this cargo right mm-hmm. so you you work when the, when it's being when the boat's being loaded yeah and then you work you get to you get to destination x marks the spot uh, you get to the destination and you work your ass off getting it off. What do you do in between on that on that sale when you're at sale when you're at sea? What what is there to do? Make work projects. Make work projects. Um, like so when I was a deckhand, you'd spend time chipping, painting, uh, cleaning. Uh, you, you would find little odd jobs to do. If you didn't find an odd job for you, the chief mate, he was the one responsible for finding you work. He would find you something. So the idea was to stay busy, not necessarily overwork yourself, but you know, you know, just no idle hands, right? Yeah, you got a right? shovel in your hand, pretend like you're using it. Exactly, and there, there, there's times where, where, where you're faking it. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's times where there's nothing to do. So what do you do? You walk around with a bucket and a rag. Oh, looks like he's doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now as an AD. Um, it's different. So when we're on the run, I'm, I'm in the wheelhouse or, or the bridge or navigation deck, depending on who you, who you, who you talk to. Um, so when I'm in the wheelhouse, uh, my job is to maintain a navigational watch with the mate that I share the watch with. So I'm watching the radar. I'm watching the Ectus, which is like your, your, your GPS, right? Like that's your chart. It's, it's, it's your digital navigation chart. Yeah. Um, you're, you're looking for traffic. You're looking for anything out of the ordinary as well as you're following that because you will make course alterations, right? When you're, when you're, when you're in the open lake, like there's, there's certain points you make like alterations, turns, right? So you watch for that. 
you you make those turns. Well, I make those turns or adjustments uh, as they come, um, and then I do uh, each each uh, AB has their own uh, specific assigned duty. So the eight to four guy, he will his responsibility is to keep all the equipment dust free and clean. Like like he'll keep like the console clean and all that stuff. The uh, eight to twelve guy, uh, he cleans all the windows. The twelve to four guy, he mops the floors. Like everyone has their uh, assigned duties, and you would perform those. Um, other than that, drink coffee, smoke cigars, you know, shoot, shoot the, the shit, shit. And, and you know. Um, but yeah, like like you just you you keep yourself busy or you look busy. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. yeah. And does anyone ever like find a, find like a, like a, I guess a shack or like something to hide under and just be like, oh, you can't find me. There ain't nothing to do here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to hide under the boot when I was a deckhand. I would hide under that unloading boot. You can't, <laughs> like, you can't see from the wheelhouse. You can't see like what's under there. Right. So I, I chill there with, with a coffee or a water on a hot day. I, actually, one thing I should say, I, I forgot to mention, as an AB, when we're in confined waters, like the canal or, or rivers, uh, as an AB, I steer the ship. Like, I, I have the ship in hand, and I okay. will, and I, I keep her on course. I make the turns or adjustments as directed to me by whoever is piloting, right? So the pilot could be the captain, could be the chief mate, or it could be a local pilot. So in the St. Lawrence River, from... Montreal to on the way down to Escamane, you have to take a pilot. They have uh, all the knowledge of that river system, like where to go, where not to go, where to make turns, where not to make the turns. They're also the ones that can interact with uh, traffic because you, you need to be French speaking in order to oh shit. Uh, in, in order to interact with them, right? So from Montreal to Escamane, you take a Quebecois pilot. Now, if you're if you're a saltwater vessel, like you're not flagged, that means like like you're not flagged Canadian or U.S. Um, you have to take a pilot through the entire Great Lakes system. Oh, wow. because because the captain and mates on board don't have the knowledge that they're supposed to have to safely navigate these waters, and not just the rivers, but the lakes as well. You will have a pilot on board. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that that sounds like very complex, right? That sounds oh yeah, like man, that's that's kind of crazy. So when you're okay, so when you got your hands on the wheel, when when mm -hmm. when your hands are on the wheel, you're going through the the great the lock system. Um, do you ever like hit the sides all the time? All man. the time, like so. I, what what we like we we call it landing on the wall. So essentially, the captain gets the boat lined up because we slide into the lock, right? We don't just like fucking freestyle yeah. it like try to line no no what you do is you get your shoulder which is like right where the bow starts to bend to the straight part of the ship so he'll the captain gets you he lands the shoulder on the wall and then we slide up and then for like the last little bit before we're inside the lock my job is to straighten her out so that she slides in every now and again you know something might happen and you kind of just nudge up now I don't mean like we like slam into anything, but you'll 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 catch a little bump and you'll like you'll feel it, right? We call that touching. 
Ooh. Yeah. Uh, my wife's coming to see me here soon, and I'm going to call her. I'm going to say I'm going to slide into her, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, so, so your tip hits her leg. Yeah. And it goes up her leg. Yeah. Into the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you do when, you, when, when you're going into the lock, right? Like yeah. the tip of your dick is hitting her leg. Yeah. And, and the tip is the boat. The, the tip leg is the, is boat. the lock. Yeah. Right? Or no, 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 no. The leg is the, the lock, lock wall. The leg yeah, is yeah. The, lock the leg wall. is the yeah. lock wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when you're in, you're just like you're not hitting bottom, but you're fucking the sides right up. Oh yeah, absolutely. This sounds like so my last time home. The, the the lock is 80 feet wide, right? Like a hot the dog ship down is a hallway. 78 feet wide. Oh shit! You got two. You got a basically a two foot feet. on either end of play. And then that's that's it. That's in the best case scenario. Sometimes you got six inches and a foot and a half, like or less, like you know what I mean. That's fucked. Yeah, so I, start, I just gotta skill. change my. I gotta change my headphones here because these ones are dying, and I grabbed the yeah. wrong ones. Man, that's crazy. Like so, like what have you got? Is that better? Can you hear me here? Oh, uh, I just okay. Switch to the solos. There you go. Can you hear me? You got me? You can hear me? There we go. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. All right. So, man, that's 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 crazy, man. Yeah. That's not a, yeah, lot, of a, a lot of wiggles. No, it's not at all. Like, ships used to be, like, when they built those those locks, man, like, 80-some-odd years ago, ships were narrower. They were smaller. Um, like, we... We are what's called uh, Seaway Max. Hold on, we, hold are, on. we are the I Max think, side. I think your your headphones there are are ca causing an echo, and 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 oh. I can't really hear you that well. Uh oh. Can you hear me now? I, I can. I can hear you a bit. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Uh, is that better? Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. All right, you cut now. You're cutting out a bit, and there's a little echo. Oh no. Might be easier without the headphones altogether. Yeah. We'll just go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> he just throws them. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now, man. All right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's like <laughs> yeeted yeah. those off your head. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done so. Yeah. Um that's that's crazy, man. That's uh that seems like a lot of skill. You know, it, it yeah. like, like, and it, like, I'm still working on it. Like, I, like, I'm not perfect by any means. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in this position a year and a half now, right? Like, like, there's still things I'm learning. You know, I, yeah. I still, I still make mistakes. Uh, luckily, I haven't made too big mistakes to the point where something bad happens. You know, like, I'm, I'm lucky I've had very competent captains and mates that have, have really helped me along yeah and they've been willing to do that they've been willing to uh coach not criticize absolutely absolutely i've uh i and you know what i had one captain who would often catch himself like criticizing and not being a coach and would would make a point of apologizing and you know say you know what that's not the way I should be teaching you 
and, and you know i i do apologize and uh, uh he he was a really big influence on me he, and he was the one that was actually the, the one that got me off of the ship when my dad passed away and he got in a lot of shit for doing that like normally you need uh company approval to be like calling tugs to get people off of he just said fuck it i'm getting this guy home you know what i mean that was an emergency man. for that yeah he had he had to make an executive decision right then yeah. and there and absolutely he couldn't wait it was time absolutely. yeah that's big of him that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah. i love that yeah so like what what's um uh, is there okay here okay is there like a major labor shortage right now on the boats too as there are is pretty rude absolutely 100% we are yep. dying for fresh blood absolutely dying for fresh blood people are retiring at a rate that we we cannot replace them you know there what you i mean um, you, you where can people apply what's that oh finish what you were saying sorry uh we like, like we, we got a lot of guys that hung around for so long that you know people weren't interested in coming out here because there wasn't a lot of work because like these guys just weren't going anywhere they were staying they're staying past 60 you know there's guys out here 70 years old um and uh now i i don't want to say it's a generational thing but the young blood just doesn't want to come out here um for for a lot of reasons uh the, the the disconnect from home uh the type of work you know we, we don't have a lot of amenities out here you know what i mean like yeah. like not you're lucky to have a rec room with a tv i don't have a i don't have a tv in my room you know what i mean like i'm i'm, I'm watching movies on a laptop you know i'm watching pirated movies from a from a hard drive on a laptop you're you know a pirate I mean? watching pirated movies yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's kind of rough, and a lot of people, yeah, it's not convenient, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, um, these kids are growing up now with the internet literally at their fingertips, whereas we did not, right? No. And and the Wi-Fi was not an option for no. the most part growing up, right? Now, like, what do you what do you got for Wi-Fi on that boat? We we have some like lame system. Uh, I don't even know what it's called right now, <clears throat> but um if too many people on the ship are on it i can't even send a a, a friggin uh an iMessage or or a, or a, or a fucking uh i can't open up tiktok like nothing nothing wow. uh but we are switching to the starlink marine which is elon musk's yep. uh internet wi-fi thing there so they just started the marine side of it right so to have internet on vessels right so uh the company heard our cries about proper internet connectivity so that we can stay in touch with home also that's how we're gonna get the younger blood out here so that they can stay connected and like i understand it's not just a social media thing but to be able to you know shoot an email or or a, or a text or a facebook or something home to feel connected to their people at home you know what i mean yeah that's going to be a difference maker in 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 uh new hires and new hire retention yep do you, where, where can people apply and, and and the name of the company and stuff like that do you do you know that information 
Uh, well, the best way to apply is to is to contact the Seafair International Union Hall in Thorold, Ontario. You can contact them uh, by uh, uh, email or by phone call. Um, they will tell you everything you need to know to ship out. Um, I'm going to say it's not cheap. It's a $500 uh, uh, initiation fee. Um, you're going to have to pay for a marine medical. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to have to get uh, uh, training. Uh, so we have the STCW training standards uh, uh, of watchkeeping, and that's your basic safety and your survival craft. And those courses together are about $3,000. Now, you can come out here without those training courses, and you can work for 180 days to put some money in the bank before going and taking those courses. But after that 180 days, you got to get those courses. Now, fortunately, within the Great Lakes, you only need to get them one time. Once they expire, that's fine. These companies on the Great Lakes just want you to have them once so that you have that initial education. Now, yeah. if you want to go offshore or deep sea, well, now you got to renew those certifications every five years. Ooh. Yeah. Nasty. Damn. Yeah. See, when, when I was applying and I had all my stuff, I never had to go and do that. The three, the $3,000 course or whatever you're talking about. I never had to go do that. Uh, I just went for my Marine medical, my yep. transportation Canada thing. I had to renew my passport. Um, and, and that's, that was about it. I didn't have mm -hmm. to do that, that other course. Yeah. Um, so it like, it's not mandatory through transport Canada when you're in inland waters, which is the great lakes basin. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's policy for the SIU and the companies that the SIU uh, represents the membership that's there. So that being Algoma, Canada Steamship Lines, uh, St. Mary Cement, uh, Degagne, um, and then there's a few other outfits out there. For, forgive me for not being able to remember them, but it's their policy that you at least have the training once. And uh, honestly, these are the best come in, in this industry on these great lakes and the Canadian side, these are the best outfits to work for. McKeels, you know, they, they, they do a good job. Lower lakes, they do their thing, but uh, you're not going to find better than Algoma or, or, or CSL in terms of uh, bulk trade on the great lakes on the Canadian side. Hmm. All right. That's, that's interesting. That's good to know. Good to know yeah. for people that are, you know, trying to get into the business, trying to get into the industry and, and, you know, don't know where to start, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I, um, it wasn't that hard to get my transportation Canada certificate. It wasn't really hard at all. I think no, I paid no, I, yeah. 20 bucks or something like that for it. Made a couple phone calls. Was it yeah. 20 bucks? I don't remember. If it was 20 bucks. It was so, cheap. So, so the medical alone, uh, is like 125 to yeah. like $200. Yeah. But then you take your, your medical clearance and then you get a letter from your would-be employer or the union and they give yeah. you a, a letter to go get your discharge book. It's 28 bucks plus, yeah. plus the passport photo. So what's the passport photo these days? 20 15? bucks. 20 bucks? Yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 Something so they like put a that. Passport photo. I'd show you mine, but the, the, the captain takes possession of it when you, when you get aboard. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, 
I'm not exactly sure what the rule is behind it. it it's that's just uh, it, as soon as you come aboard, you, you you hand it to the chief mate. They will like stamp it, put in your date of joining when you when you sign off. They put the date that you signed off and they hand it back to you. Oh wow! Yep, and it's got it, it, it's your complete record of sea service. Plus, it also holds all your tickets and certifications. So that's another reason why they have to hang on to it, so that if uh, we if uh, if we're in the states and a port state inspection happens, which is where the Coast Guard comes and inspects the vessel, they expect everything from the vessel to the personnel that are on the, the vessel and make sure you're all safe and working in a safe environment, and you're not going to hurt yourselves. You're not going to hurt the environment. Interesting. That, hey, that's. Hey, cool, and you're not, and you're not bringing anything you shouldn't be across the border. That's that's more CBP, and 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 we do get those checks as well. The 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 port state inspections are are uh, safety, or health and safety, and environmental safety. Cool, cool, yeah. Man. Wow. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what viscosity is? Yeah, isn't it like uh, like the like the denseness of a of a liquid? Yeah, the denseness, yeah. the thickness. Oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, now's a good time, I guess, to talk about viscosity. <laughs> uh, the podcast is sponsored. We have been sponsored for like four or five episodes now uh, by the Mudman. And, you know, uh, the Mudman, you know, they measure the viscosity of the mud, see if they need to add more chemical, take away, uh, you know, chemical. And, uh, you know, the Mudman is, you know, good for all your drilling fluids and laboratory equipment needs. And, uh, you know, Viscosity, man. Well, you should have been here for a conversation we had about viscosity a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, cut a little off the rails, but uh, you know, thickness of the load and everything like that. It was, it was, it was interesting. Got into taste. We, what do you think a thick load would taste like? I, 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 I am. I don't know. I've been, I've been told I have a thick load, and and and, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was definitely a compliment. So. Nice. Did anyone like take like a funnel and like a measuring cup and like test the viscosity? Uh, I, I have done sample uh, like like uh, like samples for uh, medical research. Medical <laughs> medical oh. research. All right. Like a turkey baster. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's how you got two boys. <laughs> oh, shit. www.mudmanmarket.com for all your chilling fluids and laboratory testing equipment needs. I like that. There you go. <laughs> oh, shit. What, what time do you got to be up in the uh, wheelhouse? Uh, I'm not. No, I'm going out on deck because we're, we're loading right now. Okay. All yeah. right. So nice. I got I to gotta go get my hands dirty tonight. Uh I got to be out there in about 30 minutes, 30 minutes. All right. So we'll, we'll wrap this up quickly. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so where do you see yourself in five years? Like boat wise, career wise? I don't know. Where, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, five years. I'd like to see myself with, with, with my mate's ticket, your mate's ticket, mate's ticket. That's yeah. like which first mate, second mate, third mate, third mate. So the way, so you're, you're the, it's called officer of the watch and that uh clears you to work as a third or second mate that this that sounds one. like some game of thrones shit 
<laughs> Officer of the Watch. The watch, yeah. the, the wall. You're, you're, you're part of the, the, the Night Watch, isn't it? The Night Watch, yeah. The Night Watch, yeah. That's, it's cool. Yeah. That's, than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they went beyond the wall, the wildlings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you never laid with a woman, Jon Snow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, that could take an interesting turn here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Have you ever listened to the podcast at all? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Where Where are you in the podcast? If you don't mind me asking, I, it doesn't matter. If you've never. I just I, I just got to the Dougie Snakes episode. Dougie Snakes. Fucking I just got to the Dougie Snakes episode. I gotta say, my uh, leading up to that, my favorite one is with uh, is with Double D Tyrell. Damn. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was episode two. And yeah. uh, Double D makes an appearance again shortly after the Dougie Snakes one, like five episodes later, I think. Um, but man, like, yeah, you're you're catching up there. I think you're going to be like episode 24. We're, Shit, we're 24 you're that deep, deep now, now, eh? Yeah, yeah. that's deep. Well, plus three bonus episodes. So 27. We're, we're over six months into this now. I watched the Uncle Hack one. That was a good one. Yeah, Uncle Hack's episode is actually, um, in terms of numbers and statistics, like Uncle Hack's is like uh, doing second best overall right now. It's creeping up on the very first episode I did, uh, the On the Throne Origins episode, which has the highest numbers, obviously, because it's the first one. But mm -hmm. like Uncle Hack's is like right there nipping at the butt. Right on, right on. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to get Uncle Hack and Dougie Snakes on together to do. Oh, to that'd do be like. Yeah, no, it, it would be, and they said they will. They both said yes, but we just have to line up. That's three schedules we gotta try to yeah. line up, right? So, yeah. uh, and and different time zones. So yeah, you know, and, and, and the three are pretty busy cats, right? Like, oh. it's it's crazy. So I guess last question, and if you've been listening, you know what's next, and. Up until episode 10 or 9, maybe, I had a lot of audio issues. So you probably heard that in the first, like, 8. Like, we were we were struggling a little bit with audio. And and now we're doing fairly well. And, and thanks to the mud, man, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's doing pretty good. But uh, Mount Rushmore has uh, four of the most influential people in American history on it, or the history of America. Um, if you had a Mount Rushmore... Which four people would be on it that have influenced you the most and why? And I think I already know who one of them is. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely one's my dad. 100%. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was my best friend. He's the one that instilled uh, uh, my work ethic and, and uh, you know, taught me the value of a dollar, you know, the, the meaning of a, of a good handshake, those things, you know what I mean? Real meaningful things. Uh, number two, um, I'd have to say, I'd have to say my grandma's up there. My, 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 uh, my, my maternal grandmother, you know, she's, she's my number one woman. Uh, I, I would die for her at the drop of a hat. She's always, she's always, when, when, when my dad couldn't be there, she was always there. Uh, and nothing but a positive influence, you know, very happy, uh, you know, let me know that, uh, I could do or be anything I wanted it is, is, you know, if I wanted it, I could do it. Uh, number three, I'd have to say Anthony Bourdain. His, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. He had one of the heaviest influences on my career as a chef 
and his outlook on life, uh, just taking it by the balls, experiencing everything you can, immersing yourself in in the in the in the in the culture of your surroundings. Um, he had a huge influence on on my on me. Like I, I did a little bit of travel. I did some backpacking in Vietnam, Thailand, Scotland, Northern Ireland. I've seen I've seen some shit around the world. Um, and and uh, the way he did things and what I watched him do helped me through those adventures. You know what I mean? Like how to just get into it feet first. Um, number four. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. You got me stumped now. Um, happens a lot. Number four. Shit. <laughs> It's a good one, man. And a lot of it stumps you know a what? lot of people. I'm, fuck. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say Toby Keith. And it, it he said, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah. And being like in my thirties, man, I fucking feel that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's, you shouldn't there's, feel there's, that in your 30s, there's, but I there's get it. days I gotta like reach in fucking deep, you know, to make some shit happen. You know what I mean? Like things <laughs> things go sideways on these boats fast, and I'm not as fast as nimble as I used to be. But you gotta react and you gotta be quick, and you know, I can I can pull one out of my nuts to make to make some magic happen. That's beautiful. You gotta pull one out of your nuts to make some magic happen. Yeah, man. <laughs> That is, that's incredible, man. I, Toby Keith, that's a good one. That's a good one, you know? I, and, and as soon as you said that, I kind of knew where you are going with it, right? <laughs> I'm not as good as I once was, but I was good once as I ever was, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and dude, I, I kind of feel that, you know? I'm also in my 30s now, you know? And it's like, damn, I'm way too young to feel this damn old. Yeah, you know, like, like years of, like, abusing my body, you know, I, I probably shouldn't feel this old but you know here i am i'll be 33 in july um feels like 50s crawling around the corner <laughs> oh it's coming faster than any of us want to think man it's it's crazy yeah. it's it's insane yeah oh, dude i'm i'm blown away by just how you know we're closer to 50 than we were when 9-11 happened <laughs> yeah Dude, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I remember that day vividly. And oh, like, yeah. I remember getting herded into the gym. We all got herded into the gym like cattle. And, you know, we're yeah. sitting there crisscross applesauce and they got the TV on that rickety ass fucking rolling stand. And we're yeah. watching the, the second plane, man. And like, wow. Like oh, that is what? burned into my head. They, they wonder why millennials are so fucking traumatized. You know what I they mean? We've lived through. Everything yeah. was on TV and like there was no there was no covering our eyes. It was no. watch it. You know what I hey, mean? Hey, hey kids, you know what? Watch this. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, yeah. oh, that's cool. And yeah. then and then you know, we I think we lived through like two or three once in a lifetime financial crashes now. Yeah. Um, how many oh man, COVID, uh Y2K, yeah, you know, a uh, couple fucking wars. Yeah. And you know, and it's like, hey. Why? Maybe, what's wrong maybe with another one pending with what's going on, you know, with Russia and Ukraine and like, yeah, you never know. You never wow. know. Who knows, man? You never know. I think the China situation's way more interesting. 
It is, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised it's taken this long to actually anything to happen. I thought for sure a few weeks after Russia did their thing, I thought China was going to launch, right? But yeah. they, they haven't yet. They're just, they're just fucking with them. But the other day, I think a Chinese boat actually – uh, got into an altercation with a UN boat in in the China in the Chinese somewhere in the sea somewhere mm-hmm. in Asia. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it, wasn't so, that just like a like a like a war of words though between those two? Like there was a lot of a lot of balking going on there. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I wanna. I kind of wanted to get into this a little early, and I should have asked a little early. But what's the craziest thing that you've ever seen happen on these boats? And you don't have to, if you're not craziest, allowed to talk about it. Craziest thing. I, I, like, I'd say I'd say getting buried in gypsum in my loader. Having having a, a, a let go happen, right? Because with gypsum, it doesn't move, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm undercutting it, and it's hanging up over top of me. And fucking she lets go. And just buries me in my fucking loader. Was the door closed? Oh yeah, yeah. Like we're completely in cage. Like we we even have uh, uh, like a like a cage so that the windows don't smash out. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. but yeah, that's just awesome. get buried in that. And I, I'd say my 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 butthole was puckered, man. Like, <laughs> like, like couldn't fit a sewing needle up there. Oh shit! How long were you buried for? About a half hour. Wow, that's yeah, that's a lot. Half hour. Yeah, and like you were buried, buried. Yeah. Wow. Kids, would the, would you have a radio you can communicate? Oh yeah, yeah. We had, we had like a, there's a radio in the cabin. Okay. Now, have you listened to the Dougie Snakes episode in its entirety yet, or no. have you? No? no. All right. When you get to the workloads part, let me know because we're okay, talking yeah. about workloads. Let me please tell me while you were buried in there for a half hour, with no one being able to see you. Did you or did you not rub one out? No, I did not. But I have come to my room on watch and, you know, took one. Workloads. Oh, we've yeah. Come, we've come full circle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think everyone out here is fucking done, especially watch keepers. When you're, when, when you're roaming around the boat late at night, you know, you got nothing to do. You can't really do anything outside because it's pitch black. You, you know, you go in your room, you lock the door. You take care of business, you know, kind of splits up your, your watch a little bit. <laughs> How are the walls in those rooms? Are they thin or are they thick? Can you hear everything fucking, going on? Fucking thin. Thin. Yeah. I guarantee so, you my, my, my wall mate here has heard this whole podcast. That's beautiful. Ask yeah. him if he wants to come on too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's like camp, man. A lot of camp balls are razor thin. Yeah. Uh, you can hear everything that's going on. You can hear, you know, when a guy's about to divorce his wife because the way they're talking to each other, right? Oh, so yeah. it's like, I, I, oh, I've shit. Heard, I've heard all that out here. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. man. And it, it's stressful. It's stressful. You know, yeah. the blue the blue collar women in the oil patch. And I'm going to assume on in on the merchant, mer, mariner, it's the mariner, right? The merchant <laughs> mariner. I'm a merchant mariner. Merchant mariner. I bet you the wives there are the backbone of that industry as well. They they can be when they're supportive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I know guys that are like my dad married three times. You know, I, I, I there's guys on this boat that are on their fourth marriage. You know Same what I mean? Same in the patch. Yeah. Same yeah. in the patch. It, it, you know, it all depends on, on how strong those those women are. You know what I mean? And, and how supportive they are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and if the marriage does break down, it doesn't necessarily mean that anyone was at fault. It's just a hard no, lifestyle. Sometimes shit just doesn't work, man. You know, it's a I mean? hard lifestyle, man. And uh, not everyone, some can, most can't, right? So, no. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it takes two to tango, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, buddy, man, this has been fun and I'm glad we finally got to do it. You know, I'm like, so happy we got to do this. I'm so and, happy. And there's actually service. Last time we tried, it didn't work out so well. Yeah. I think you might've been in the middle of the water. So probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey dude, this has been great. And I, yep. uh, I, I loved having you on and Hey man, you stay frosty. Will do brother. All right. All you right. Take care, brother. Cheers.